Mavs beat the Warriors 119-109 to avoid being swept, extending the series to a Game 5 in Golden State. Story of the game, the Mavs had six guys in double figures, not to mention they shot 46% from three. The Mavs hit 23s, but they didn't just settle for threes. I think Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dimwitty got the message. Brunson got to the foul line five times, Dimwitty four times. Of course, Luka's going to get there. He got there 10 times. So they diversified their offense. They didn't just settle for threes. They also attacked the basket more. I think going forward, because I'm sure the question is, did the Mavs just avoid being swept or can they actually get another game? I think the Mavs get another game. I had the Mavs winning a close game last night. I knew, and I said it on the last podcast, that they would play their best game, and they did. I don't think they found anything in in the sense that they were missing open jump shots the last couple of games. This is about shot making. Golden State's defense has been solid, but it hasn't been dominant. The Mavs' offense or their inability to make shots has helped them. But if you're going to get... Kleba hitting jump shots. If you're going to get Reggie Bullock going six for 10, Finney Smith going four for seven for three, if you're going to get that kind of shooting from your role players and you're going to get 23 points between Dinwiddie and Kleba off the bench, then the Mavericks are going to go into Golden State and make it another close game. Now, they blew them out last night, and that was more about, yes, the Mavs played well, but I just thought the Warriors were disconnected. I'm not going to give you the numbers of what the Warriors starters did because they did nothing. The final score is a lot closer than the game actually was because the Warriors reserved made an insane run. Give them credit. They played well, made it close, actually got it to eight with just under four minutes to play in the game. But the Mavericks were able to hold them off. So do I think Luka can lead his team into Golden State? Yes. Because even though the Warriors are up 3-1, there is a little bit of pressure. If you don't win game five, meaning the Warriors, and you have to go back to Dallas with Dallas feeling confident with them on a roll, because that would have meant they've won the last two games. You don't want that. I'll put it out there real simple. I think Golden State comes out aggressive. I think Dallas meets that aggression. But if Golden State finds a way to not seal the deal, they're not going to win game six, and we're going to go seven. Last game in game four, the Boston Celtics blew out the Miami Heat. I think what made a big difference in that game was the tempo of the game. Boston played fast. They got out and ran as much as possible, and by getting Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown out in transition, you kind of negated the physicality. P.J. Tucker and other Miami defenders weren't able to get their hands on them because they were constantly moving. They were getting out. They were running. Game five, you know the deal. Somebody's going to go up 3-2 and have a slight control of this series. I've said before, I don't think Jimmy Butler's 100%, but if he's out on the floor, if he suits up, I expect Jimmy Butler to perform. I expect Jimmy Butler to come up big tonight. Hopefully, Bam Adebayo shows up. The Bam Adebayo that's a two-time All-Star shows up. Victor Oladipo has played well, especially on the defensive end. Gabe Vincent, Max Strews give you timely shooting. And if P.J. Tucker can be physical 
if he can get his hands on Jason Tatum, and a lot has to do with how the refs are going to call the game, I think Miami will find a way. I picked Boston to win this series in seven. I have not changed my pick. But something tells me you're going to get the maximum effort from the Miami Heat tonight. Everything you've heard about Heat culture and the effort and what they put into building up this culture, I think you're going to see it tonight on display. I expect the Celtics also to come in knowing full well they don't want to go back home down 3-2. This is probably going to be, hopefully in my opinion, the best game of the conference final round. With the finals coming up and the season nearing the end, I was thinking of the teams that are built right now that are built to contend for the next three to four years. And obviously the first teams people are going to speak on are the Warriors and the Celtics, and I get that. What the Warriors have done with the development of a Kaminga, Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, don't forget James Wiseman. Wiggins is only 26. And then you've got... The, the, the core, the trio, you've got Clay, Steph, Draymond, and shooters age very well. If one of those younger players, and Poole's already jumped and made a leap, but what if Moody or Wiseman or even Kaminga, who seems like a next-level athlete, if they take another leap and your core can remain healthy, I think Golden State, even though Steph's 33, Clay's 31, Draymond's 31, I think they're going to be title contenders, provided they remain healthy for at least another three to four seasons. And in the case of a team like the Celtics, Tatum's only 23, Brown's 25. Robert Williams and Grant Williams are both under 25. This is a young core. Marcus Smart seems like he's been around forever, but he's only 27. And Al Horford's 35, but the way he's played this postseason, he's like a 28-year-old. The question with Boston is, not do they have the talent to go on title runs for the next few years, it's how many of these younger players, obviously you're going to keep Tatum and Brown, but can you pay Robert Williams? Can you pay Grant Williams? Even a guy like Peyton Pritchard, who's been an important rotation player, can you keep them on your team when when salary becomes a topic of discussion? Boston is the younger team by far. So I think when you look at Golden State, when you look at Boston, they're both built to go on or let's say be title contenders, not playoff contenders, but legit title contenders for the foreseeable future. Throw in the Memphis Grizzlies. Look at that core. Desmond Baines, 23. Dylan Brooks is only 26. John Morant's 22. Jaron Jackson Jr. is 22. DeAnthony Milton, 23. Tyus Jones, 25. Brandon Clark is 25. Their core, and even though Steven Adams, another guy who seems like he's been around forever, Steven Adams is only 28. The Memphis Grizzlies, like the other two franchises I mentioned, Golden State and Boston, they're built to not just go on a run, but potentially they can be the team that's going to be Golden State's nemesis for the next three or four years. And then, of course, 
the Milwaukee Bucks, who came up short this year, to be fair, minus their second best offensive player in Chris Middleton. Middleton's 30, Holiday's 31, Giannis is 27, Portis is 26. Their core, I think that core is going to contend for another three to four seasons. What they put around that core is the key. I think Milwaukee could use another wing athletic wing three and D defender, and they could use an athletic big who could not just protect the paint, but is a lob threat on the other end of the floor. I think if they can add pieces like that, they won't just extend their run barring health. I think the bucks would be the favorites coming out of the East. And then the Phoenix suns who have a lot of question marks, best record in the league, the team that most projected to at least be in the conference finals, Mikael Bridges is 25. Devin Booker's 25. DeAndre Jordan's 23. Or DeAndre Ayton, I'm sorry, is 23. Cam Johnson's 25. Cameron Payne's 27. They're relatively young, with the exception, obviously, of CP3 at 36, turn 37. Jay Crowder's 31. The key with this is, what do they do with DeAndre Ayton? Because if you think he's a max player, a max talent, then no hesitation. Phoenix will offer him the max, and he'll probably sign it and return. But if you don't, then you have to make a decision not to only move him, but to find the best deal so you can get value in return. And if I were betting, if I were a betting man, even though they just came from the finals last year and they were the favorites this year, just came up short versus the Mavs, I don't think DeAndre Ayton, if I were betting, is going to be a member of the Phoenix Suns at the beginning of next season. Moving on to the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves are very similar to the Grizz. You've got a spectacular explosive athlete in Anthony Edwards, who's still developing. This season, 21 points. He shot 44% from the field, just under 36% from three. Gave you four points or four rebounds, four assists. His potential, it the ceiling is it there is no ceiling. That's how talented he is. I think if Anthony Edwards is one of those lab rats and he gets into the gym and he puts in the work, I expect him to make another leap. Anthony Edwards, to me, he is the franchise player. Carl Anthony Towns has franchise player talent. We've talked about there. There's franchise player talent, and then there's your mentality. Carl Anthony Towns is not a leader, and he does not have the mentality of a franchise player. Honestly, if I were if I were Minnesota, I would consider moving Towns for other pieces and really center my team around the talents of Anthony Edwards. Not to mention you mentioned you have valuable talent around him, Jared Vanderpool, Malik Beasley, guys like that, Jaden McDaniels. And decide what you're going to do with D'Angelo Russell also. D'Lo averaged 18 points a game, 7 assists this past season, 41% from the, from the field, 34% from three. He is a scorer, but he's a volume scorer. That's who he is. And he's not really a point guard. He has the ability to play point. He's a combo guard, but he's not a freakish athlete, doesn't have great quickness or lateral movement. In my opinion... D'Angelo Russell on a title contender. 
is your third or fourth option. Or I think his best position would be as a six man. I think he would be immediately one of the top three six men in all the NBA because he could come off your bench against other teams' second unit with his scoring ability and his playmaking ability, and I think he would be more effective, definitely more efficient. The Timberwolves have talent, but just like the Suns, there are some question marks in what you're going to do, like the Suns with Aiton, what you're going to do with Carl Anthony Towns. The perception is that Towns is their franchise player. That's the guy that everybody's pushing to be that. That's not who he is. I'm not sure that's even who he wants to be. And anybody that saw this past playoffs and all these different meltdowns, I'd like to tell you that was something new, but it's not new. He's not come up big in the playoffs on a consistent basis, and he's not a leader. He is a talent. And I think there's a big difference between the two. Dallas Mavericks have Luka. And what Luka needs, other than for them to keep Jalen Brunson, Finney Smith, rock solid three and D guy. You want to keep Maxi Kleber a big that can stretch the floor. I also like Dimwitty. But I think what Luka needs is a legit number two. Brunson is capable of having moments as being the second guy. But if they were going to balance out the team, I think Brunson's perfect role would be as a third option, who sometimes can carry the offense when the other two are off the floor. And Dimwitty, like he's doing now, is the perfect guy to come off the bench who can play, make, and score. So I think Mark Cuban's work in the summer really is about finding another creator, not just a shot creator, but a guy that can get buckets. And I think that's the key going forward for all of these teams that I mentioned. You want continuity, but you also have to contend with the reality of the salary cap. Boston, it is simple to say they're going to be contenders for the next five or six years. And yet, how are you going to pay all of these young men knowing their value as they continue to develop and put up numbers? That's that's a problem that I'm sure a lot of teams would like to have. The Celtics have it. I'll be back tomorrow to talk about tonight's results of Game 5, Heat Celtics. It's the NBA Cypher. Next time. I'm not going to